It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. Hey, good morning. It is Car Con Carne. I'm James Van Ostel, and Car Con Carne is lovingly sponsored today by Siren Records in McHenry, 3902 Main Street in McHenry. I've got to be honest, during the pandemic, none of us got out much. Siren Records was basically my summer vacation. It was my social life. It was my, my source of road trips. I love the depth of stuff they have there. If you're a jazz fan, you can plan on spending the day there. They also have fantastic punk and metal sections. All the new stuff you're digging around for. Siren Records and McHenry sponsoring the show today, 3902 Main Street. My guest today, my guest this morning, she is the, the lead actress in a fantastic new thriller. Uh, it is called 100 Days to Live. She is Heidi Johanningmeyer. She plays Dr. Rebecca Church. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning. Thanks for having me. That record store, by the way, sounds amazing. It's Love so much record. fun. It's very old school. You know how some record stores feel like you're walking into a Walmart. They're very sterile. Yeah. This, this, this it smells like a record store. It feels oh, like a record store. I, I'm such an antique vintage junkie. So, and records, I mean, they're right next. My record player is literally within my hands reach right now. All right. So here's my question. I came back to record collecting. I, I walked away from record collecting for, for a long time because they just stopped making records. And right. if you've moved with vinyl enough, if there's no reason to carry it around, you're just like, OK, I'm, I'm done with this. I came back to vinyl collecting. Have you been collecting your whole life or is it something you're new to? Uh, I, more new to, you know, if I well, OK, so can we say like in the last decade? Yeah. OK, OK, sure. So um, when I got married, we had we had no money. So our version of a DJ is we went in the middle of Iowa to like antique stores and bought all these like Johnny Cash records and got a record player and that was our music I so, love it. yeah it was a stack it's a stackomatic, so you could put you know like five records on there and we didn't need a dj so it was perfect now my son who is nine he loves music he loves records um and we're buying newer ones like guardians of the galaxy actually has an amazing soundtrack oh yeah because you get a little bit of everything on that oh yeah yeah for sure but i i, I am partial to like Johnny Cash, Dolly Parton's, anything 70s is my jam. Which you can usually find for a reasonable price at oh, record stores. Yeah. And, uh, and you know what? I have to tell you, like, other than a couple first edition books, like The Alchemist, um, I don't send a lot on anything. Because <laughs> life, and, and I have three rescue dogs, and everything gets torn up. And I just would rather, um, yeah, it's spend a dime or two, enjoy it. And then if it gets ruined, you know what I mean? Try to reuse it, but, but uh, move on. I, I don't like to feel like I've invested so much that nobody can touch it. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Well, what's the point? If you buy a record, it was meant to be played. If you buy an old book, yes. it was meant to be read. I totally yes. agree with you. Yes. We got into going to a comic store up by us and it's a weekend thing with the kids. And it's the same thing. They see these comics and they're like, it's the first Wolverine. And I'm like, but then you can't touch it. And don't you want to touch it and read it? And you know what I mean? So, yeah, but that's just my way of thinking. When my kids were growing up and at that age, I would read them comic books before bedtime. 
Oh, I love it. But to your point, like you got to read the stuff. You got to got to crack them open and fold them back. And they're meant to be enjoyed. I could not agree more. Um, Sorry. I'm here. Oh, it's my phone over there. I'm like, is that my phone? It's not making any noise. Um, I have to tell you, I'm a huge comic uh, junkie as well. I'm way more sci-fi than I think people think that I might be. But Dream Job, without without a doubt, is a Marvel movie. Oh, I can imagine. I would imagine that's true of anyone in film. I would hope so, right? Did you just finish WandaVision? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been waking up every Friday morning at 7 a.m. to make sure that I got the episode out of the way before work because I didn't want to I didn't want anything spoiled for me. Yeah. I wanted to make sure I I felt was just so good. I mean, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but um, yeah, I, I definitely connect with Wanda. I. Yeah, I would have done what she did. Heading into that final episode, they had a lot to tie up and they did it all and it didn't feel rushed or forced. No, I completely agree. It felt like, I mean, I think they obviously in the very beginning had a clear vision of here's the amount of episodes we have. This is what we're going to do. It definitely was a beautiful beginning to what I hope will happen with Disney plus and all these Marvel, you know, uh, shows. And I think we can all agree that Catherine Hahn was fantastic. Amazing. Amazing. Was amazing. You know yeah. what I mean? Elizabeth Olsen was fantastic. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Let's go to 100 days <laughs> to live. I, just to start, as we talk about this movie, can we can we just acknowledge the Chicago-ness oh, of everything? Yeah. I think I'm, so. I mean, here, here in the Chicago area, we're very proud of every movie that's filmed here, whether it's, you know, the obvious ones like Blues Brothers or The Fugitive, but even like Candyman and Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. These are all things that matter to us. So the skyline is the first thing we see in the movie, followed by the lakefront. There's the river walk over by my office when I used to go downtown to work. Uh, there's a death around the corner from Shuba's. I mean, Chicago is a big part. Huge. Of this movie. I mean, we shot for in Hancock Building for a week. So... Uh, we were joking. We were on LA morning this week uh, talking about the film. And she said the same thing. She's like, I've never heard two people gush about uh, the city they live in so much, but we are, I mean, I love Chicago and I feel like this film could almost be a tourism video. For it Chicago. really is. And of course I got nostalgic. I'm like, Shubas, I can't wait to see live music again. Oh my God. Me too. I just said to my son, actually, um, and he's only nine, but he loves Imagine Dragons. And in Chicago, I was at Farm Aid, which is one of the best concerts ever. And I saw Imagine Dragons perform. And so I told him, as soon as music starts back up, I'm going to take you to your first concert and we're going to see Imagine Dragons. That's exciting. Yeah. The, the first concert, that's a big deal. You got to get a T-shirt and wow. everything. It's a big deal. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so the general pitch without spoiling 100 Days to Live, it's a movie about a killer. Suicide is a central theme. I mean, there's a big f- part of the, the story that is so surprising or was so surprising to me. I can't talk about it. Uh, but so let's just talk about your character, Dr. Rebecca Church. You bring a lot of uh, watching this movie. You bring a lot of nuance to the performance. There's this dinner you have at Gabriel's place and you're doing a lot. I don't know if I was reading more into this, but you're doing a lot with your eyes. Like you're doing a lot of nonverbal acting in that scene. I thought that was really cool. 
Well, thank you. What a huge compliment. Thanks. Um, you know, I think uh, always a goal of mine is is to make it so genuine and it's hard sometimes to find that balance of genuine and interesting. Uh, the role was written so beautifully. You know, uh, my character, Rebecca, is such a strong individual, but she's definitely haunted by some secrets and just challenged time after time after time. And it was great. I love playing strong women uh, that are very real because I think to... To find your strength, what, what is really honorable is to see somebody's past. And that's something that is really unique about this film. It is a thriller. It is a psychological thriller. I mean, uh, it's a serial killer movie. And yet at the same hand, uh, Ravine, the writer, director, producer, my everything, um, he really took time to go into the background of each of the characters. And I think that's, that's unique for maybe the thriller genre. Um, you really get to see her past. You really get to see how each of the characters gets to the point that they do. And as an actor, then having that sort of knowledge perhaps made it easier to have those moments because I really, I really did try to connect with where is she in her life and what has brought her to this point. You definitely threw yourself. There's some really emotional scenes in here and you threw yourself into them. I, I want to ask there photo albums are a part of the uh, part of the movie. Did you do a lot? Of, you mentioned a lot of the shoots you did around Chicago. Did a lot of that shooting or that shooting activity end up in pictures that ended up in those photo albums? Yeah. You know, it's really unique. I have to tell you. So how we're being um, planned this out or scheduled it is a lot of those photos that Colin and I took were the day was we took them the day before we started shooting. And so we had never met before. And it was a unique way to get to know each other and make jokes and figure out, you know, each other's uh, ins and outs. Get, before, get chemistry going. Yeah. Get chemistry going before we shot. And so it was really helpful. And, you know, again, you could shoot a million different places in Chicago and have it be beautiful. I do have to say our cinematographer was amazing. Uh, he knows how to get a beautiful shot. So I was really just blessed to be in that shot. <laughs> so again, the movie is 100 days to live. And as we talk about chemistry, I think even more so than the chemistry established with the character of Gabriel, the chemistry established with the character of Victor is super important to this story, the, the wounded healer, Victor Quinn, uh, Gideon Emery, what a, what a chilling human being he turned out to be in this movie. He is amazing. I mean, Gideon is not only an amazing actor, he's actually a really amazing human being as well. He was such a pleasure to work with and so professional. And that actually made it easier to commit to my role because I did like him and uh, I did want it to work out. And the, not to give any spoilers away, but you see two different versions of somebody. And, and I think that once you accept that this is so important to him, and we've, we do that in our lives, we become so obsessed perhaps with a goal that you lose sight of you know, the morals or, or decisions that you let slide by because you're so focused on a singular idea. 
Um, so he did a beautiful job. He just, we were really blessed to get him. Actually, an interesting story is when I was cast, he was already cast. And uh, Ravine, the director, showed me his audition tape. And he said, once I found this actor, I knew I could make the film. So Gid really was the backbone of this film. What I like very much about this movie, we learn from the get go. He is he's the bad guy. Yes. And in, in watching this, as I started to watch this, I thought, well, where's this going to go? If we already know that he's he's the bad guy, like they gave everything up in the beginning. They didn't give everything up in the no. beginning. This is not a slow burn by any means. No, you know, I was actually shooting a Netflix film in Ohio when I had the script and I was reading it. I hadn't been cast yet. Uh, I had done one read and I had a chemistry reading up. And so I actually got the whole script, which sometimes you get, sometimes you don't. Um, and I was, it was a not shoe day for me. I was there for two weeks. And so the first twist, which we won't give away, but I'm reading it and I'm just sitting on my hotel bed. And I get to the first twist and I slam the script down on the bed and I walk away with tears just coming down my face. And I knew then I wanted to be a part of this project. Yeah. So, the first twist, which we won't go into. I, that's it's, it's the thing I want to tell everyone about, because to I me, it was, it was so innovative and it's such it, it shattered my expectations of where this was going. Yeah. Uh, going back to Gideon real quick, the. Um, the character of Victor Quinn, his origin is like, so you, you mentioned Marvel comics, his origin story is like something out of a Marvel comic. Absolutely. Can't you see it as Marvel character? 100% like, like a daredevil villain or something. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. You know, I think it's interesting that you bring that up because if somebody asked me what Marvel character would you want to be? Uh, I think I would want to be a female Loki. I like when you don't know if it's the good guy or the bad guy. The anti-hero. I love the anti-hero. I love it. I love it. And I think I think you actually see that a little bit in every single character of 100 Days to Live. Mm -hmm. um, I think you see, I, I, I just find it so boring when somebody is the obvious choice. They're always strong. They're always, I, and, and nothing against that. That's great. Good for you. But let's human, let's be realistic. Humans, we're multicolored. We are multidimensional. And, you know, the best, the best stories, I think, are the ones that rise up out of the flames and um, make a way for themselves. So you mentioned playing this strong character, Dr. Rebecca Church. The, the movie talks a lot about the strength of the survivors. Again, suicide is a central theme of the movie. There's also the acknowledgement in the movie that not everyone can be saved. It's, this arrives at an interesting time because the entire universe has been wrestling with mental health for the past 12 months as we've been you know, sheltering in place. And it's a topic I keep coming back to. Is, is there a fine line in promoting the movie? Because it is. Are you careful about how you express this so that you're sensitive to suicide survivors in real life? Yeah, I think that, you know, had our director not had a personal, um, you know, um, relationship. I mean, one of his relatives committed suicide. And uh, so I guess going into it, I knew that he was coming from a very honest, uh, not to expose this place. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was a big part of it, but once I took it on and I really had the opportunity to talk to therapists, to talk to counselors, to talk to people who had lost people to suicide and also watch videos of people speaking who had attempted suicide and did not go through with it. I started to feel more and more definite in the idea that these are some of the strongest individuals in the world. And I wanted to portray that. I wanted to portray that this isn't something that, um, you know, they can shut off that every day they wake up and they fight this and they fight it for the people they love and they fight it for themselves. And I just, my respect level just really uh, expanded and uh, I have a whole new appreciation for the community of um, suicidal victims and suicide survivors. There's this really, I'm gonna grab it right here. There's this great, again, I'm gonna talk about how great Chicago is. So Chicago has, um, it's called Sip of Hope. It's Mm -hmm. also, they go by um, Hope for the Day. And they are based in Chicago. Uh, it's funny you should mention that. I've had Hope for the Day on Ugh. probably probably three or four times over the past 12 months to talk about this exact topic. I'm a really huge fan of theirs. I don't even think they know that. But um, they had a saying, and it said, the more we talk about mental health, the more we realize we're not crazy, fucked up, or insane. We're human beings going through something called life. Mm-hmm. And... That's what I hope people see when they see this film. I hope that they see the human side of it. And I I think what's really nice about it is you do see multiple people from multiple walks of life dealing with this. This is not, um, this is not a problem that centers after one demographic. Depression, mental health, it affects all of us. Unfortunately, we are still at a place where we are stigmatizing it and we are not talking about it and we are not reaching our hands out to one another. You know, uh, Hope for the Day says, this is something we could change. This is something we can realistically change. And I am not saying that our film does that. This is- But it it allows the conversations to happen. I I think that's the issue. Because of the stigma that you mentioned, we need to work- collectively as, as a culture, as a society to normalize yes, these discussions. I think so too. Absolutely. So, so although yes, getting the script initially, I was a little tentative. Um, the more I spoke to the director, the more I realized what I wanted to put forth and what I thought I could bring to the character, the more I realized that this is a thing I wanted out in the world. We also did a lot of screenings, and we had people that uh, were psychologists watch it and get some feedback. So mm-hmm. although it's far from perfect and we would never say that it is, um, we really, 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 the entire process, we're very conscious of uh, not exposing suicide or mental health. It, it is a thrilling movie and it, it's a short movie too. Like when yeah. it wrapped up, I, I just kind of sat there and thought, okay, I'll exhale, we're, we're good. <laughs> It's so true. You know, it really does keep you on the edge of your seat. And um, there are multiple twists 
And when we first started editing it, I was really lucky. Ravine, the director, is just such an amazing individual. And, and he's a first-time director. It's I worth know. Noting. I know. I know. But he let me be a part of everything. He really wanted my feedback. We really have become close friends. Um, you know, initially, when you get an audition, you get this breakdown. And it says producers, it says directors, it says writers, it says your character, it says casting director. And I like to do my research because if you're going in for Peter Jackson, you're going to audit, even if it's the same lines, you're going to say them different than going in for West Wing. You just are. There's a tone, there's a speed, there's different things people are looking for. And when I looked up Ravine's name and it came up that he was the CEO, I thought, oh, <laughs> is this really him? Uh-huh. So then I remember going in for the audition and it was him. And then saying to my agents, you know, this could turn out one of two ways. This could be a brilliant opportunity because it is the first time I've been a lead in a film uh, or it could be really horrible <laughs> because you don't know you didn't I didn't know he'd never directed he'd never written he'd never you know done all these things and he was amazing he had no ego and yet we made we made day we made time every day except one day and that day we shot 16 pages so I mean come on um, yeah, it was, it was a blessing, the entire film and everybody on it. I just can't say enough about Chicagoans. They are such hardworking, genuine people. We're the best people in the world, unless you're driving. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> as long as you stay off the road, the nicest people in the world, good, good Midwestern, hardworking, wood shedding, salt of the earth people. Unless you're on the road, then you're getting tailgated and being called a jag off. Really, you are. It's crazy. I remember when I moved from L.A. to Chicago and L.A., if you put a foot out into the street, cars will stop. Even though if you're breaking the law, they will stop. I almost got ran over in Andersonville like, <laughs> several times before I realized they don't stop for humans. They just. Nope. <laughs> yeah, you made your bed. Yeah, this is what you get. It's All right. So, so here we are. The movie is out on VOD. It's also out on DVD. If you're looking for, you know, we're, we're at a point and I'm sure you feel the same way, Heidi. We're starved for content, aren't we? Oh, like, yeah, I'm watching <laughs> older movies now. We watched yes. Bronx Tale uh, the other night, which is amazing. Um, but no, we're like going back to like our old, old movies. Yeah. I mean, the cool thing about this film is when we released, uh, our distributor told us you'll probably be like 175 on iTunes. It's a low budget film. I mean, it's a low budget film. We are not a studio film and we made it to number 17. Awesome. On iTunes. It's just amazing. And, and really that's the support of the people that's Chicagoans doing what we do. And, and our friends seeing that we had this Chicago movie and people rented it. I, I really, I was blown away by the support that I've seen. Um, and we just need it to continue. Yeah. It's word of mouth. Like I said, we're, we're all so starved for content. If something good is out there, we're going to let everyone we know about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it's a fun hour and a half film, not even an hour and a half, uh, that will make you think, and you'll have conversations afterwards. Mm -hmm. I, I, 
I do not think anyone watches our film and doesn't have at least one deep conversation. Um, you know, I, I hope that people watch this film and I hope that they have no idea what's coming. But then when it's all done, I hope that they ask themselves, if I had 100 days to live, what would I do with it? And then they multiply that and multiply it and multiply it. And we think about what we're grateful for because it's hard right now. Mm-hmm. Unless you stop and tell yourself, okay, what am I grateful for? It's kind of hard right now. You know, it won't be for the next two days because we're going to have like 60 degree weather in Chicago. Absolutely. And people are going to be partially naked outside. Um, <laughs> True enough. Well, how, how have you stayed grounded over the past 12 months? Uh, I, we, uh, we adopted another rescue dog. So I have three rescue dogs now. Amazing. Yeah, I love it. Um, I think that's a big part of it. I am an animal person. I grew up on a farm in Iowa and I'm from one of the last family farms which means I worked every day of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I didn't realize being an artist that I had the lows that I sense as an adult because I was always around animals. Um, so I now that. I have adopted another dog and I think there's something to be said for happy music. I think there's something to be said for, uh, holding people a little longer, a little tighter. I mean, my kids gall talk about, I don't think I cut that cord (laughs) with either of them. I snuggle them so much. Um, and you know, I think I said it yesterday uh, on a social media post on Instagram. Tell people you love them. Don't hold it in. You know, um, it, happiness is a two-way street. I think Gandhi said, uh, and I'm this is paraphrasing. Of course. By the way, um, sharing your light doesn't dim yours. Mm-hmm. When I felt low in life, I found that if I look outside myself, if I find a way to volunteer or take care of something, it can even be small, you know, um, I feel better. Mental health, it affects us all. I think artists, we feel it a lot. I mean, to be able to do something like this project, I have to be able to feel lows and I feel highs as well. But um we shouldn't judge ourselves for the lows. That's something I would put up too. Mm-hmm. Don't judge yourself, acknowledge it, and then find silver lining. And it's not in that way that our parents in the 80s or the 90s would be like, what are you thankful for? You know? <laughs> but so it's, just the, it's just the little things. It's, uh, it's when the sun actually comes out, it's some days I am not joking you. I go up to one of my dogs and they're huge because they're great day mixes. And oh great day mixes. three of them. See, and, I, I have a Bernese mountain dog. I love big dogs. I big. do too. And I just put my head in their stomach and I'm just oh. like, breathe, breathe. Um, I also would say people need to go through their social medias. And for as much as you want to follow your friends and you want to know what's going on in, uh, you know, the public eye, find people who feed your soul. That's you it. Know? I got to a point, Heidi, last June or so, when I was at the first wave of extreme fatigue from all this, I was just doom scrolling through all the political stuff, all the pandemic stuff, all, all the stressful stuff. I'm like, I just, I need to cut myself off and walk away from this every day. I started go- walking regularly. Oh, 
still doing it. There's anything better for us than oxygen uh, and, and that's not supporting the, the non-maskers. But I mean, yes, getting out for a walk and getting some vitamin D that used to be my saving grace when I lived in LA. If I felt low, I would go for a walk, um, you know, in the freezing weather. But uh, I have to have, there's a, on Instagram, I, I follow black liturgies and every day they have a breathing thing. Um, and I have not mastered breathing <laughs> or even meditating. Cause I think my mind is too fast for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just read something positive. You know, we have to be careful about what we're putting in our minds and, um, and we all need a little junk food sometimes. I'm not against for that. Sure. For sure. But I mean, I got to the point in exactly what you were saying. I'm like, I'm consuming too much garbage. I, this is stressing me out. I just need to put the phone down, power the computer down, get out. Yeah. Go for a walk. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think that's the best thing. And you know what? I know we don't know what the future holds right now, but be optimistic about it. Even if you're not going to take it, plan a trip. Even if you're not, even if it's March and you're, you're planning how you're going to decorate your front porch, do it. Think about the vegetables you're going to, you're going to plant in your garden. All of that is just things that we need right now. We need a little TLC. You are a force for good. Oh, well, thank you. I really, I really appreciate that. So the movie 100 Days to Live, again, it's out on VOD. It's out on yeah. DVD. Uh, if you are listening or if you're watching right now and you're thinking, uh, what am I going to do tonight? I, I have 90 minutes planned for you. Watch this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Heidi, <laughs> Heidi Johanningmeyer, Force for Good. Thank you for doing this. Oh, my pleasure. And let's do it again when we're actually doing the uh, car, the car? food. Yes. All Deal. Right.